In the name of Jesus, who is the Word made flesh, dear fellow redeemed. Have you ever marveled at how the words of the Bible, even though they were written between 2,000 and 3,500 years ago, still have so much to say about our lives today? I mean, even, even though this was written in a different language, it was written to different cultures, it, it still has timeless truths for so many situations in our lives. Now, now I'll grant you that maybe there are some Bible passages that at first you go, boy, I'm not sure how that applies. I mean, when Jesus says, suppose one of you has an ox and it falls into a ditch, you're going, I've never owned an ox. In fact, I'm not even really sure what an ox is. And, and I've, I've never known anybody that had leprosy. And, and the idea of Jesus driving out a demon into a herd of pigs, like what does that have to do with my life? Our text for today is not one of those passages. I don't know if there is a section of Scripture that has a clear application to our lives today than Luke chapter 10. I mean, it's, it's like these words are written for my life in 2022. I mean, as, as I read this section of what, what transpired in the home of Martha, I'm reminded of something that somebody might say in kind of exasperation, maybe as a call to action, for example, if, if your teenage son is sitting on his bed complaining about the fact that he has no clean socks to wear, all while he's surrounded by piles of dirty laundry, you might say, what? <laughs> Don't just sit there. <laughs> Do something about it. That's a, that's a natural response. That's a logical solution to the guy's problem. But that advice doesn't fit every situation. In fact, in our text for today, Jesus really says the opposite advice is true. Jesus says, in effect here, don't just do something. Instead, sit there. That's our theme for today. Don't just do something. Sit there. Today we'll, we'll see how that theme plays out first in Martha's actions and then in Mary's choice. Our text begins with Jesus traveling toward Jerusalem on his way to the festival of dedication. He comes to a village called Bethany where a woman named Martha welcomes into, into his home, into her home. Martha, of course, is the sister of Lazarus, who Jesus is going to later raise from the dead. In fact, it's at Lazarus' funeral that Martha gives this beautiful confession of her faith in God's ability to raise Lazarus on the last day. Just for a minute, I, I want you to put yourself into Martha's sandals. You, you just invited the very Son of God, <laughs> into your home for a meal. What, what thoughts are going through your head? 
Like, what did I just do? <laughs> and how much more do I still need to do? Right? Can, can you imagine the, the pressure she's feeling? I mean, she wants to prepare a meal for this man. It's, this is like, you know, your husband coming home and casually saying, oh, by the way, I, I invited my boss over for supper tonight. He'll be here in 15 minutes. What? Or, or you have to, you're, you're going to meet your, your, your new son-in-law's parents for the first time and you want to leave a good impression on them. And you're thinking, quick, clean the house. What do we have in the refrigerator? We got anything we have to say? Peanut butter and jelly to serve them? Is it? Isn't that what maybe she's feeling here? She wants to be a good host, right? She wants to make a good impression. She wants to serve her Lord, right? She, she's got good motives. She wants to do the right thing for him, and she expects that other people would want to do that too, like, like her sister. In fact, she, she assumes that Jesus would want her sister to help her serve Jesus, right? And so when Mary is not doing that, what does Martha say to Jesus? <laughs> Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all this work by myself? Tell her to help me. Again, can, can you relate? <laughs> You ever felt like everybody else found something else to do with their time while you're left with all the work? You're, you're the one trying to be responsible. You're trying to do the right thing, and it's like nobody cares. And sometimes it's not just the people around you that you're looking at. Sometimes it's God. God, how can you let this happen? Don't, don't you care about me? Don't you, don't you care about how much work I have to do? Well, the fact is, God does care. He cares about us. He cares about Martha. He's not oblivious to the, the responsibilities that we have in life. He, he knows that we want to use our time and talents to serve God and our fellow men. But he also knows that when we place too much emphasis on what we need to do, it can have a negative impact on our attitude. Isn't that why he says to Martha what he does? When Mary's not helping, Jesus says to Martha, 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 the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Man, does Jesus pack a lot of meaning into those few words? I mean, notice, first of all, he uses this double proper noun, right? Martha, Martha. That, that's not, he's not speaking down to her. This is not derogatory. This is an expression of his love and his concern, kind of like, when he, when he weeps over Jerusalem and he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Jesus was, was expressing his love for Martha. Secondly, notice that he doesn't condemn Martha for her hospitality what she was doing in and of itself was not wrong. 
Nor, nor does he call into question her motives. He doesn't say, well, you're obviously just trying to, you know, look good. You're trying to be better than everybody else. You're trying to show off your culinary skills. No, what, what he does point to is that emphasis on doing what she thinks she needs to do is having a negative impact on her psyche. It, it's, it's bringing her down. What does Jesus say? Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. In other words, Martha, I can see that you are stressed out. Why? About many things. What she's stressed out by? Luke tells us. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She was distracted. Literally, she was pulled in different directions. She was being dragged around by her, her to-do list, and it was stressing her out. <laughs> Again, can, can you relate? You ever felt like you had too many balls in the air, or, or in this case, too many plates in the air? Have you, have you seen those guys in the circus where they, they're spinning plates on, on sticks and they're trying to keep them all spinning and keep them from crashing down? You sometimes feel like that, trying to keep all your balls in the air, trying to keep things from crashing down, and it leaves you feeling like Martha, worried and upset. Fortunately for Martha and you and me, Jesus offers a solution to the stress that's caused by focusing on what we think we need to be doing. But notice he doesn't speak in terms of right and wrong. He doesn't condemn her. Rather, he speaks in terms of good and better. In the words of Jesus, he says, Mary has chosen what is better, right? They each had a choice. What are they going to do with their time and Jesus says, Mary has chosen what is better, which allows us to look beyond Martha's actions and focus on Mary's choice. The question is, exactly what did Mary choose to do? What was better I mean, what, what was Jesus commending her for? Was Jesus commending her for the, the fact that she was able to, you know, get out of helping with the dishes? Je Jesus is holding up the, the virtue of laziness. Jesus would rather her sit on the couch than help in the kitchen. If, if your parents tell you to set the table, don't be saying, well, Pastor Raj taught us today that I really shouldn't do that, Mom. I should just sit here. No, that's not the lesson here. What, what, did you, what did Mary do that was better? Luke tells us, Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. In other words, even though Mary maybe wanted to help serve a meal for Jesus, she recognized that it was far more important to let Jesus serve a meal to her. Or to put it another way, while, while Martha thought she was the only one serving, the fact is 
Jesus was the one who was serving. Jesus was feeding Mary's faith with his words and promises. He was assuring her of his love, his forgiveness. He was sharing the purpose of his life and and hers. And at that moment, Mary recognized that there was nothing more important for her to do than to sit and listen to what her Savior says, which is why Jesus says, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. What do you think he means by that? It will not be taken away from her. Is he saying, Martha, you can't have her. No, nobody can pull her away. Don't be dragging her into the kitchen. Right? This, this is her quiet time with me. Nobody can stop that. Maybe. But I think Jesus means far more than that. When he says, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Isn't he saying that the gifts that he gives are not temporary? They are eternal. And the the love and the mercy that God shows us in Christ is something that's going to extend well beyond the grave into eternity. And and the peace that God gives us and the confidence that we have in, in our standing with God and the assurance that God is on our side are things that nothing in this world can take away from us. That's what Jesus was promising Mary and promising anybody who sits at his feet. Isn't that what Jesus meant when he said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. That's what Martha really needed on that hectic day. And it's what Mary really found in the words of Jesus. So what do you think? Does this this account have have any application for our lives today? I mean, can can you plug yourself in to... Either of these lady sandals? <laughs> I think so. But there's one more application I see here. In these words, I'm reminded that Satan can really use a lot of different things to separate us from God and his word. Sometimes he uses bad things like alcohol or pornography or anger or resentment. But just as often, Satan uses good things, like our our family or our job or our desire to get a good night's sleep or enjoy some recreation or or just volunteer at church or in the community. Satan can use good things, even our desire to serve the Lord to ultimately distract us from the most important thing. And that's sitting and listening to Jesus. 
In fact, I, I think that applies even to something like going to church. You know, I sent that for a lot of people, church is something that they feel like they, they should do. Right? This is something that God wants them to do. Right? Maybe at times they, they want to come, but mainly it's just they feel like this is something they're supposed to do. Kind of like Martha thought this is what she was supposed to do, serve the Lord. But if you think about it, worship in its very essence is not about what we do for God. It's about what God does for us. A worship service is about how Jesus serves us. In his word, he comes to us and speaks to our hearts and assures us of his love and his forgiveness. And in his holy supper, he comes and he serves us with a covenant of his body and blood in, with, and under the bread and wine for the forgiveness of our sins. That's how Jesus serves us. The next time you feel overwhelmed by all the things you have to do, all the things that aren't done yet, all of the ways you, you should be or could be serving God and each other, remember how much Jesus wants to serve you first. Let him do it. Throw away the, the urge to do something and simply sit with your Bible, with a devotion here, here in worship, and let Jesus serve you. Let him fill your soul. Let him cover you with his love. Let him recreate you in his image. And then when, when he's done with his work for you and in you, then go do your work in whatever calling God has given you in life with a new attitude to serve because Jesus served you first. In his name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for spending some time with us and worshiping with us online today. We are so glad you fed your faith through the work of Mount Olive, and we'd love to know that you fed your faith. So head on over to mountoliveappleton.com and click the online friendship register, or just click the link in the description here. It takes about one minute to fill out. Thanks so much for spending time with us. God's blessings on your day.